Guardians split the weekend series, we'll get into everything that went on in a bit of an odd weekend on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, work with the shadows here. I feel like I'm not getting a good shadow scene. Um, before, well, first off, thank you for making Lockdown your first listen today and every day, wherever you get podcasts. And uh, as for myself, as we approach episode 800 here of Lockdown Guardians, before this, I was a lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout and 24-7. That is my co-host, Nacho, 15-year-old cat. Uh, apparently, I am not allowed to talk in this basement without his approval. As for this weekend, uh, well, let's just talk about today's show. There was a, recently a lot of minor league releases. So as long-time listeners know, I like to talk about that. I like to give those guys uh, you know, some air because they've, uh, you know, they struggled and they worked hard and it didn't work out. And there's some interesting players in that mix, so we definitely want to discuss them. There is a transaction in terms of the roster as well. And we're going to lead off, though, with these two games against the White Sox. Now, if you caught Friday's show, I'm going to continue to say we're doing pretty well on the predictive side. Some things we get right, some things we get very wrong. Uh, but I talked about they should win Friday and Saturday, but I was kind of worried because Cueto is the type of guy who can give them fits. Well, <laughs> I wish I wasn't right, but that's true. So let's start with the Saturday game. Uh, I got myself in a little bit of trouble in the Saturday game because... And it kind of got annoying because I'm like, I did two tweets. Like, look at both. Look at the whole <laughs> profile of tweets. Because the first tweet was, I'm sitting here multitasking and I didn't get a good angle. So I was like, oh, Benson missed the cutoff, man. We're realizing that Naylor decided for some reason to, like, deke the cutoff move instead. Uh, decided to pretend like he was going to cut it off and chose not to. So then it drill, drills uh, Luke Maley, who... Let's be honest, is like an average at best defender. He is not a plus defender back there. It's not a hedges situation. And the run comes across. So I miscalled it when I was like, oh, Benson missed the cutoff guy. Uh, no, Naylor just kind of... And I was like, Naylor gave zero effort. It wasn't zero effort. It was, just, it was a bad choice. He decided to deke instead of trying to cut it off. Should have cut it off. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, it was a poor set of decisions, but it doesn't matter. That part didn't matter in the end because the Guardians offense just could not string anything together. Going through and just talking, you know, our box score bingo of it all, who reached base twice in this one? Oscar Gonzalez. That was it. From Saturday's game, you had Oscar Gonzalez and nobody else. I mean, Maley had a hit, Naylor had a hit, Quan had a hit. Your only walk went to Oscar Gonzalez. Oscar Gonzalez reached base three of the six times the Guardians reached base in this one. Three of the six times. I mean, you're not going to be successful. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez was his 20th double. It is interesting. He's turning into this doubles king, and they're not leaving the park, but he is just doubles, doubles, doubles all the time. Uh, Benson did get an error on the throw. So if you're looking at the box score bingo, Cleveland had six, seven opportunities. That should be about, though, two runs. They got zero. So that's even worse. The other side of things, five hits for Chicago. A hit batter and three walks plus the error. So it's what, four plus five, ten opportunities. 
So that'd be about three runs. So the White Sox actually underperformed their expectation as well. Uh, I have a hard time getting too upset with Bieber. Six and a third, one earned run, two total runs, five hits, three walks, just the four strikeouts. This was not the same guy from his previous start where the velocity was up and he was dealing. Uh, the other thing that got me in trouble is I said that bringing in 99 was the wrong guy to bring in. And this is why I say that. And maybe it's one of those things that's better explained than trying to do a Twitter thing. I've watched a few broadcasts, uh, and I don't typically watch the local ones. And they always notice that, like, 99 is a very deliberate approach. And he's got to do, like, four or five taps and go. So he's very easy to get a jump on. He is giving away stolen bases. There is not a catcher in the land that could prevent uh, people taking a base. So you go back to that inning when you have a runner already on second base with was it just one out at the time, I believe. Bringing in a 99 is giving that runner third base for free. So the free base, which then turns into a run scored. So that's not, I mean, 99 pitched well. Two-thirds of an inning didn't allow anything across. But I just question, and it's people are like, oh, he's been so good since he's caught up. How dare you? I'm not, not <laughs> it's not a reflection on him. It's a reflection that, like, in that situation, you might be better off going to Trevor Steffen, who has also been nails this year. I saw a thing about, like, top relievers in baseball with FIPS under two, and it's like Class A and, and Trevor Steffen of the qualifying ones. Like, Trevor Steffen's been really, really good. I just think 99 is best used starting off an inning. You don't want to bring him in with a runner already on because he can't hold runners. It's it's free bases. So that was that statement. Those two statements, people got really mad at me. So just wanted to fully explain them here. And I don't think either one, one was a May Culpa and the other one is just, there's the nuance to it. Uh, you know, and Yale got the year array under three, continues to be great. Then Eli Morgan, that was, it was nice to see him come in and not put anyone on. Because again, we talked about the numbers show a guy who's been more unlucky than bad. He's been bad, but he's been unlucky after being, ex- you know, extremely, he's gone from one end of luck to the other, but his confidence seems shook. So it was nice to see him have that inning on that side of things. Uh, you know, who are the three stars in this one? Oscar Gonzalez and Shane Bieber, I think, are pretty easy. When you go six and a third and give up one earned, I thought it was questionable, honestly, to send him out there in the seventh. He hadn't been dominant enough. Let's see, how many pitches did he end up with in this one? Uh, he was at 99, so it wasn't a high pitch count. But have him just go back out there. I was like, ah, we'll see how this goes. Didn't go well for Bieber in the seventh. But, uh, you know, overall... A nice performance by him. And then it's it's kind of hard. It's like, who else do you really go out and, and give something to? Like, Benson, who, you know, rough day for him between getting called on the error that really wasn't his fault. And then another 0 for 3 day. He's now down to a 120 batting average. Uh, throughout this lineup, like I said, there wasn't even someone who's walking to reach base twice. I'm almost, I, I think I'm going to give it to Eli Morton. Because of those three relievers, he's the only one who recorded a strikeout. They all pitch clean innings, so we're going to give it to Morgan because it's been a while, and it's been a rough time for Morgan. So that's game one, or game one. Technically, this is Saturday's game. We're starting with the one that was a little more controversial, and we want to build to better. But yeah, this was it was a rough loss because your starter pitched well. I mean, the offense was just terrible. And again, if you listen to Friday's show, I was like, this is probably the one that, that they're going to lose that they shouldn't lose. It's just, it is a bad matchup. You know, in the ninth, you did get the nailer single, and then you had a guy on base. Being down two, it never felt like another one got Liam Hendricks because Cueto was you know, at like 100 and 
15 some pitches but it never felt like they were really in this one after that second run got across we're gonna take our first break come back and talk about the winning game the fun game in this what turned into a two-game series our sponsor today is one of our oldest betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all of your betting needs find all of your favorite sports events at the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf betonline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts sorry i feel like if you're watching this you're gonna see me like smushing around my nose like i'm on something just just the cat why don't you jump in my lap all the time so uh more that than anything else but i apologize to the visual watchers i'm over here like I'm, i'm sure that's what everyone wants is a lot of sniffing on a podcast so sorry what am i doing game one this is the fun one the guardians come back get one in the sixth four in the seventh you know they were down two nothing because they started off with the two in the first off mckenzie but at the end of the day what a performance seven innings so do the math 21 total outs 14 strikeouts wow there's a lot of strikeouts we don't see a lot of 14ers uh just six hits no walks those two earned runs in the first, and then he shut it down. Uh, Trevor Steffen got the hold in the eighth, down to 249 ERA. Manuel Classe got another save that is 28th on the year, a 122 ERA. I believe that is good. Who reached base multiple times in this one? Well, it's, it's going to take me a second. Ahmed Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Josh Naylor, Andres Jimenez, and then I believe that's it. I should check the hit batters because I always forget about those. Uh, only, uh, so you had Oscar Gonzalez who got intention. That's right. Oscar Gonzalez reached base twice. How did I forget about the intentional walk? Um, so I don't like intentional walks to begin with. And when you have two strikes on a guy intentionally walking Oscar Gonzalez, like that double steal ended up being incredibly valuable because it allows them to go ahead and be like, okay, first base is open. Let's walk this guy and go get, uh, the lefty behind him. And, and Nolan is, is no doubt. It, it is kind of funny because, like, I get it. Like, Nolan Jones is really hot when he got called up, and he has scuffled a bit more. But, you know, he's still a 244-681. That's certainly better than Will Benson's 120 on the other side of things. So it's interesting what we fret about. But, yeah, I mean, it was just a strong overall performance. Maley has had to pick up because of Hedge's injury. And the, the catchers combined to reach base twice in this one. Tenth uh, double by Maley. Quan's third triple. Jose Ramirez with home run number 23. Box score bingo, but all nine hits for Cleveland. Four walks. The intentional walk and the one hit batter. So that's uh, two plus four is six. Plus nine. 15 opportunities. They should have five runs. Hey, for once it exactly matched up. Other side, seven hits, zero walks. Uh, one hit batter, I want to say, on their side. So it gives them eight opportunities. Eight opportunities should yield. Yield? Should yield about two to three runs hey they got two it all matches up uh three stars in this one um tristan mckenzie i don't think that's is there any debate with that one in this one uh, in terms of like uh, jose ramirez to me the home run reach base three times like that that all comes together uh to be a 
one of your more effective guys. I was also trying to think. So uh, part of me wants to say Naylor because he reached base three times as well uh, in this game. So, you know, there, there's the... Uh, and he stole a base. So, yeah, Naylor, third star of this one. Uh, it was just... It was an odd one <laughs> to watch. Like, going back to that seventh inning where they get the triple, the single, walk, walk, single, then the intentional walk. And hey, Owen Miller flied out, so it actually worked out. But then the funny thing with all of this, well, so Diekman, who's a lefty, is, is there. So after the walk, Nolan Miller is up. They do a pitching change to bring in the right-hander, which they then bring in Owen Miller, which is interesting because, I mean, it didn't work. Owen Miller <laughs> flied out, but uh, Jimmy Lambert's a righty. And as we know, Owen Miller has the reverse platoon split, so he actually hits better against righties. So you take out the lefty and bring in a righty. This was actually, like, the right call. So I, I don't have uh, necessarily an issue. It is a little weird to look at. Uh, but And it worked out, kind of. But, yeah, it's... Uh, I mean, it's hard to not question that decision by Tony La Russa in this one. So let's now pivot... <laughs> you know, that, and that game took forever. It was like 9 o'clock start time. And then the field didn't drain. And there's a lot of, you know, theories. I'm not getting into it on what's going on on why the field didn't drain. But then the I, I don't think I've ever had a rain. And, like, can anyone recall this many weather-related issues in a season? Like, it, it feels like in normally three years to get to this many weather-related issues. I remember the year that like they got snowed out and had to play in Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> that season had less weather-related issues. This season's been crazy. If you ever want to like really go to bat and uh, debate anyone who's you know one side of climate change or the other, this Guardian season is a pretty good case, as well as like you know 120-year-old ships appearing in rivers everywhere. But it's been crazy. The weather just never is never relented and. It is, a doubleheader is hard, and these things keep... Now, this might be the first time it paid off, because now they don't have to face Dylan Cease. So if you want to be a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, uh, hey, bad weather, bad drainage, we don't have to face Cease. Maybe when we reschedule this, if we reschedule this, um, we'll be able to avoid him altogether. Uh, you know, they now have a double break here. It's, you know, they have Thursday off, they have Monday off, they had Sunday off. He should be pretty well rested for this two-game series in San Diego. Uh, we'll do a preview tomorrow because there's, I don't think I don't anticipate there being much to talk about uh, in terms of like current news on tomorrow's show. There's always things to talk about. Don't worry about it. I got you covered. And then the Mariners, who we haven't talked about in a while, and then another Monday off day, and the Orioles. So it's this should be a well-rested team as they try to hold on the division lead. Now Texas helped us out. So the Cleveland Guardians lead in the division is one and a half games because the Rangers took two out of three from the Twins. So they actually gained uh, space in the division with this over the Twins. You know, Chicago, same spot they were before it started. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was interesting. And then, so Nolan Jones got sent down. And again, I know he's been scuffling, but he's not playing a lot. And here's the thing with Nolan Jones. He played hurt a good chunk of 21. He had a delayed start to this year because of an injury. And then um, he came up and was great. And then he stopped getting regular bats. And then there's the whole weirdness, honestly, about calling up Will Benson. When they called up Will Benson and let go of Alex Call, because there was not really a have to there, right? There was not a, 
he was need to be activated from this list or that list. There wasn't a have-to reason to call him up. And then you had two left-handed bats. And has Benson played any first base? There was some talk about, like, a very little. There was some talk, like, first night he was going to play first base. And then since then, he's been you know, not playing much. And for a guy like Jones, who was hurt and hurt again and had shown some real growth in terms of going to the opposite field and being more patient as a hitter, he needs reps. So sending him down is... I don't have an issue with that. I think, and I, and again, if you follow me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft, you'll see I was calling for it. I was saying that like it'd be one thing if we felt like the minor league development was so so, and he was going to get better coaching. But I think the one thing we've seen through the course of this year is minor league development is quite good. It is a top to bottom approach in terms of development. So go down, get reps, get some live game action. It's going to benefit him long term. Uh, Richie Palacios, it's it's a little bit weird. Like, okay, I'm going to do a screen share for you people who uh, who are watching on YouTube. Let me do the display capture. Let me know if I do this correctly because, like, I'm still learning as I go. So that's, that's your homework, YouTube people. Uh, it does this show. So this is AAA International League stats. And this is, you know, performance based on uh, runs created plus 100 uh, plate appearances. So you can see looking at this list, like Benson 1, Jones 2, Alex Call 3. What is interesting... You know, Bo Naylor and then Richie Palacios, they're at five. Will Brennan is there at six. Now, we all get excited about Brennan, and I'm as guilty of this as anyone as we talk about, oh, he's, a, you know, it should be considered a top 10 prospect and this or that. And I kind of look at Brennan's numbers and I'm like, how much is he benefiting from the Quan effect? Because he may be getting a little overhyped. Because look at those numbers. Now, here's the difference between Palacios and Brennan. About 10 months in age, and Brennan has, um, almost 90 more games played in the minors and on top of 90 more games he also has like 400 more plate appearances because of Palacios's entry and Palacios might be the better athlete as well is the gap between these players really that high Palacios walks more he does strike out more he's got more power Brennan plays you know center field Palacios is more left but you know he I, I would love to see him get some reps at second are these guys really separated by the amount where, like, when I was talking about my list, initial prospect lists, Palacios is still a prospect. He is not someone who's graduated. Is it really worth, like, 20 spots of difference between these two? And as I look at him, like, again, for where they are, yeah, Palacios is 10 months older. But Brendan has actually had significantly more reps. That might matter. You know, that that's something that stands out. And it's... I think... There's this tendency with, you know, Gonzalez and Palacios and Benson and Brennan and all the and George Valera, who's you know on this roster, didn't qualify for this list. And now it's called. There've been so many guys caught up this year. Palacios is kind of lost in the shuffle. He's a better prospect than he gets credit for, I think, right now. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if you know he ends up being an MLB starter because he has good athletic tools. He has good contact rates. He's got sneaky power good athlete and he walks at a decent amount as well he does a lot of things well enough to be a potential starter like i said again look at that line his performance in triple a is not far from bo nailers now again they let alex call go and he's up there to 146 uh, but he is the one you look at those age groups like significant age difference between everyone else on this list you know Palacios is is yes he is older than pretty much all the other guys but it is relative and it is again it's 
he was played at Townsend, not a huge program, not a program known for its major league production, and he gets hurt, gets hurt, and didn't get a chance to play. So I just think it is definitely you know worth checking out. And you know my initial feel was, you know he's probably going to ride the bench, be more of the end of the you know so maybe Brennan plays like three times a week, he plays one. I don't know. I mean, you can make a case that Palacios is a better prospect than Brennan. Than Benson. Like I said, the wrong names, too many Bs. But I, it'll be interesting to see how they play and use him, how this is going to set up. I think I have been guilty of underrating Palacios right now. Let's take our break, come back, and talk about some of these minor league roster moves. Some names, uh, some guys who are big names leaving the organization. Okay, so... We had a series of. It's interesting. So let's go through this. Uh, all these players were released. We did have uh, Adam Talalak was activated. Uh, not activated. They added someone from this draft class. First player from the draft class, Adam Talalak, who was a day three lefty, who was the guy who I talked about. He missed a ton of bats but had command issues as a left-hander. Uh, and he's pitching in Arizona where, again, as a college guy, you expect... Expected to go well. Five hits, seven runs, six earned, a walk, no outs. Um, one of the worst debuts ever. Let's hope that turns around for him. Uh, we should also talk about, before we get into this, Rokio up to AAA. I think he's the shortstop of the future. Again, I've talked about it, and there's a lot of things there that if. And I think Jimenez is probably a better defender than Rokio at short, but I, I don't think it's a huge deal either way. And then because of that, Angel Martinez got promoted to double A and like I think he was in like a twenty one game reaching base streak. Like really good prospect. Really someone you need to know uh, if you've not been paying attention to the minors. So let's get into the players who were released, and then tomorrow's show I'm gonna get into a little bit more. So like I mean so much minor league stuff. Uh, Gavin Williams had like a no hitter into the sixth inning the other day. Cody Morris has continued to miss an absolute ridiculous amount of bats. Uh, there's a lot of positives. We'll talk about those tomorrow on the show. So let's get into players that we, you know, we didn't get a chance to know as well. Lady, or Lady, I've done that multiple times. Landy Pena, uh, second baseman, third baseman, shortstop. He was a 27th round pick in 2019. Hadn't played in the minors this year. Very limited reps, about 34 games in 2019 and 2021. Uh, you know, 2020, he played in a, a foreign league. I... Uh, 149 batting average, 281 on base, 213 slugging, 494 OPS. He came from Leadership Christian Academy in Puerto Rico. Wish him well. The performance just wasn't there, and he was just kind of holding the spot. And again, you can only have 180 players on your roster. So as guys get hurt in the minors, that I believe you have the back and forth. If you need to activate some guys. Now, this goes beyond just activating. They are starting to cut guys off the roster. I don't know if we'll see more debuts i assume you know we got uh to lock out there might be some more guys in the minors because at the end of the year here's the thing you can go to 190 in the offseason as long as those 10 of those guys didn't play this year so you can go through and circle every college pitcher because those guys well i guess not all of them normally you could do it but <laughs> the only one who's debuted so far is a college pitcher 10 guys from this draft class though we're not going to play in the minors that means they need to clear 11 other spots so that's that's part of this. Uh, Jean Vergara from Venezuela, 22-year-old who had never gotten out of Arizona. 
uh, a pitcher. He did have, you know, uh, didn't have any at-bats. It's always weird when they have, like, registered batting but no data. Listen, he didn't miss bats. The walk rate wasn't bad in the minors, uh, 3.8, but only 5.7 in terms of strikeouts and a 10 hit per nine. So he didn't miss enough bats, and it kind of gets down to that. And he was older for the level and was not necessarily uh, producing. I might have said Venezuela from Colombia, just in case I messed that up. We'll save the bigger names for last. Manuel Alvarez, also let go. Uh, another international signing. He had gotten up to Acre or Columbus this year. He pitched across three levels. Uh, you know, had been in A and A ball back in 2019. I'm sorry, this year was just double A. Last year he got up to triple A. 26 years of age. Uh, strikeouts per nine over his minor league career were over 10. Problem was his walks per nine were over seven. And we've kind of talked about they the Guardians do a nice job of finding more, but they don't always do the best job about refining it. So. Manuel Alvarez was, they have so much pitching in system. Uh, he was mostly working out of the pen as another relief arm, but at his age, at 26, that is, that is minor league old. <laughs> it's the only place where 26 is old, but it is minor league old. He'd be 27 in September. Uh, so it is, shares a birthday with my daughter. Uh, yeah, you know, he, it was just a matter of age, time, and level, and then, you know, moving through. Brian Eichhorn is, Second most interesting guy for me, uh, 2018, a while ago, obviously, relative to the draft, 25-year-old kid, uh, just turned 25, from Georgia Southern, ninth-round pick, and you're like, oh, that's the senior sign range. He was not. He was not a senior sign. He, they gave him, like, 150000 and yes, you can say what you want to say, but 150000 is, like, three years of work for me as a teacher, so that's it's, it's pretty good living if you can get it. Uh, in 2018, after they drafted him, he didn't pitch in the minors. They often don't have college guys pitch. 2019, he gets in 14 games, only 52 innings. 2020 happens, gets wiped out. 2021, I think it was Tommy John surgery. It was major surgery. Missed the entire year. This year, he had been in the rookie ball, A, and high A, and only got about 19 innings in 14 games, mostly working as a reliever. And the numbers actually weren't bad. Strikeout per nine, 11.6. Walks per nine, 3.7. Uh, there just must not have been enough there. He wasn't getting a ton of reps, but performance was okay at those spots. I don't know entirely what's going on uh, behind the scenes. But again, you know, as a 24-year-old kid who's never pitched above high A, that is kind of worrying. But part of it's health and COVID. He is just, it's unfortunate. Like, he is a guy who totally got squeezed because of the COVID situation. But, I mean, again, he wasn't just a senior sign. Wasn't I, I would love to see him pick up somewhere but that one was an interesting one and then the big name Quentin Holmes uh, this was not unsurprising uh, the former second round pick who was their highest draft pick in the 2017 draft that was you know the Edwin Encarnacion draft where they gave up their first rounder to sign him I I wanted Trevor Steffen with that pick uh, very much that's that's the guy I was all about for that pick Quentin Holmes, though, afterwards, is like, of course, he's 17 on draft day, left-handed bat, cold weather, uh, tools for days. And this is when they drafted a whole series of outfielders with their top overall pick. Taylor, Taylor, yeah, uh, Tyler Naquin, you know, Bradley Zimmer, Clint Frazier. It was just a whole series and saw how most of those worked out. But the problem for him is just right from the drop, he couldn't hit. I mean, he's going to end... With 243 games in the minors, 931 plate appearances, 535 OPS, 281 slugging, 254 on base, and 190 batting average. 
uh, his best season. Like last year, he came out looking like he might be a little bit better, but he still ended at 226, 284, 302, 586. They're just 80 grade speed, one of the fastest guys in the minors, but he just could not hit. He got up to double A this year. Uh, for about 11 games, he was mostly serving in a backup role, and they just had so many outfielders that they viewed it as time to move on. He's 23 years of age, 2017 draft, so he's you know he's been around for a little bit in terms of this organization. He would have been at the end of next season a minor league free agent. I'd be curious if someone else goes. Like he was very highly thought of, potential first rounder at points out of high school. Didn't have the greatest. Uh, spring so it kind of explains why he fell a bit but yeah I when I saw that he was let go it's like whoa that's kind of interesting just because you know you don't see a lot of guys who were teams and it, yes it was a late second round pick but still I mean I believe he was taken um, shouldn't I close this I'm gonna do a quick pause and check on something before I, I say something incorrect I'll say what I was gonna say no matter what 